And if, if we, that, that word, that, that phrase sounds good, but if, if we're just being good by our own standards, you know what? Then, then we can be far off the mark. You know what? Hitler thought he was good. That doesn't make him good. Even Jesus was asked by, by uh, a young man, good teacher, what must I do to, to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, why do you call me good? Only one person is good. That is God. And that's just showing you, if we try to be righteous, right, doing good, even in ourselves, even in the very best I can do good, it's tainted by sin, sinfulness, uh, a selfish desire. You know, what is good? What is good? Because one person may think homosexuality is good. It's okay. I'm loving them, and, and yeah, it's, it's good. But then another says, no, it's not. One person may say, oh, yeah, abortion is okay. Another is not. What is right? What is good? What? It's not what I think is good. That's not what makes me righteous by loving others and, and allowing them to do whatever they want. That's not what righteousness is. Righteousness is me lining up with God and me living my life. I cannot force anybody to live like that, but I can live my life according to how God wants, and I can set an example. I can love on these people, but I can't force them to do anything. But when you get everyone coming together, saying the righteousness, uh, the, the, the life of the land is perpetuated in righteousness, how does that flow without God in our lives? Righteousness. That's why Jesus said we need to hunger and thirst for righteousness. This righteousness is, is, is God aligning our lives, lining up our lives. We come, again, we come like this, but God is slowly making us straight. So the more we keep focusing on Him, we start hitting that bullseye. The arrow. So the fourth part of the, the third part about the arrow is we need to be holy. Leviticus eleven forty four to forty five said, "I am the Lord." God is speaking through Moses. "I am the Lord your God. Consecrate yourselves and be holy, because I am holy. Do not make yourselves unclean by any creature that moves." about on the ground. I'm the Lord who brought you up out of Egypt to be your God. Therefore, be holy because I am holy. God is holy. And He wants us to be holy. And there's two parts to being holy. Once I accept Christ, I'm holy. I'm set apart. I'm set apart. But then again, I mean, it's like the thief on the cross. He, he Today you will be with me in paradise, Jesus said. But if he leaves us here, there's a thing that we go through, and that's called sanctification. Being set apart. Being set apart. Being made holy. Even though I am holy, and if I die today, if you believe in Jesus, and you've made him your Lord, you receive the Holy Spirit, and that is a deposit, as we read earlier, guaranteeing your place in heaven. Nothing can take that away. You're, 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 you're sanctified. You're made holy. But, there's also a sanctification process. If we're here, we go through that. that. So, again, that doesn't mean, oh, I'm holy, so I can just do whatever I want. No, I live for God. Because why? Because we're like this. And God wants to straighten us out. He wants to make us straight. And He wants us to, 
hit those bullseyes for him, to glorify his name, because that's where his glory is. And that's what he's doing. He's, he's transforming our life. He wants us to be holy. In Leviticus, uh, the next one, 19.2, he says this, Speak to the entire assembly, this is to Moses, uh, to the entire assembly of Israel and say to them, Be holy because I, the Lord, your God, am holy. And in Leviticus 20, verse 7, says, Consecrate yourselves and be holy because I am the Lord, your God. Consecrate yourselves and be holy. And, th- and that, that word is, is a big word, consecrate. Consecrate. It's, it's to prepare ourselves. Prepare ourselves to come into the presence of a holy God. And that's what we need to be doing. And you know what? A lot of churches around the world, people are, are lining up. They're, I mean, they're going to church on Sunday, and their lives are whatever, and they're going, and, and, and they go to church as a habit. They're not thinking anything about meeting up with a holy God, a holy God. So holy that when Isaiah, in Isaiah 6, he went in, he said, I saw the Lord seated on the throne, and the veil of his temple filled, and veil of his robe filled the temple with glory. And there was these six beings saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. All heaven and earth is filled with his glory. And he said that the sound of their voices, the doorpost shook. Just picture seeing that. And you see God in his holiness. And he said, woe to me. He fell down on his face. For I am a man of unclean lips and I've seen the God Almighty. And that's what we need to understand when we come and we, we want to see God, He is holy, not just holy. He is holy, holy, holy. And there's something that talks about that in the, in, the, in the Hebrew or the Greek. When you mention something three times, it is solid. It is solid. It is it's emphasizing that. Holy, holy, holy. And they're singing to him right now. And when we come into the presence of God, we are entering into this holy, holy, holy. And one day, we're going to be like, like, who was that that said, Brian, picture Jesus. Picture his face. Picture him singing to him. Because that's what it is. Holy, holy, holy. Coming into his presence. When you come into church, and, and for corporate worship, picture that. We're going to meet with God today. Man, it's exciting. When I wake up in the morning, come to his word for devotion, I'm going to meet with God. That's exciting. That's what God wants from us. And the, the more we start hitting this, the more we start experiencing him, the more we get into his word, we see him as he truly is, and we start to see us like Isaiah. Whoa, I'm a sinful man. Oh, thank you, Lord, for your mercy and your grace. See how it comes back to him. As we seek his word, as we see his holiness, as we experience him, Lord, what do you see in me? Let us not forget, as as Kahu Marcus said, let us not forget where we came from and just go through the motions of this relationship with God Almighty. That's an amazing thing. And so we may say, well, these verses are, are Old Testament. 
Old Testament, how he was asking you to be holy. Well, look, in 1 Peter 1, 14, he says this, as obedient children, Peter is saying this, do not conform to the, the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance, but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I'm holy. Be holy. We need to be striving for holiness, striving for perfection, striving to be living according to what God wants. Hitting these. Renewing our minds. Don't just go with the flow of the world. We renew our minds. That's why we need to be in this every day. Allowing the Spirit to reveal these things. And you know what? Sooner or later, we're like straight. We start consistently hitting that. That doesn't mean that sometimes you, you, you blow something and you're way over here. And it, that, it, that doesn't mean that we're... we're we're goners. We're going to hell. That just means God quickly brings you back again. And he wants to help us keep hitting this. Because I'm telling you, I, I blow it too. I blow it. Pastors blow it all the time. That's why it's, it's, it's focus. It, it, takes, uh, it takes discipline and all of these things. And that's what we're going to get to. So the fourth essential truth is we need to be holy to hit the mark. We need to be holy. Fifth, fifth thing is these. You know what? If I put the arrow on here and line everything up, it's okay, but I need to utilize the power of this bow. And you know what? This, the bow, the power, everything is, is, is lined up perfect. If I... Increase the, the power by, by tightening this, then it's, the arrow is going to go faster and straighter, and, and everything will throw off. But so everything is working together. The power of God with the sight, with the peep, everything is working together right now. It's all set up so you can hit the bullseye. Everything is set up. So the fifth thing is the power or the limbs. The limbs equals the power of God. You know, when they first realized that limbs had power was, you ever go walking, hiking, and, and you're following someone, and they go through a branch, and, and they let go of the branch. And, <laughs> and you know, they, they started using trees. We use snares. We pull down trees and, and set a, a trap, and, and it, it, when the pig comes and it, it snares, it, 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 it does something. It, it swings back up, and, and it snares the pig with the rope. But we use that. In the same way, they've, they've learned to use limbs, and, and they've, you know, back in the day, was just a stick with a string, and they pulled it, but as it swung back, it, it had power in it. But in the same way the bow has power, we need to utilize God's power because no matter how hard I try no matter how straight I think I can be on my own power, I will never consistently hit that. I may, I may get pretty close sometimes on my own power, but in God's power, that's where we find the victory. See, the word power comes from the Greek word dunamis, meaning power, might, strength. This is where we get our English word what? Dynamite. Exactly, dynamite. There's power in dynamite. Okay, so uh, two more points and I'm done. 
But so, and then, so secondly, we have power through the gospel first. Uh, in Romans 1, 16, Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. First for the Jew, then for the Gentiles. So I am, if you believe in Christ, you have the power of God. If he is in you, you have the power of God already because it is the power of God through the gospel. But secondly, we have the power, or uh, uh, 1 Thessalonians 1, 4 to 5 says, For we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you, not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. Again, there's a power, the Holy Spirit, and through the gospel. But thirdly, we have power through his spirit, Acts 1, 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit is what gives us that power. It's God himself living in us, allowing us to understand what God's word says, and even allowing us to have the power to do it. He's not just saying, okay, read my word, understand it, okay, now go and do it. He's giving us the power to do so. And we got to understand that. In my own power, I can do nothing. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. So we got to remember that. God's power. So fifth essential truth is we must rely on God's power to hit the mark. If not, there would be all kinds of people, atheists and everyone, hitting the mark for God. And they, yeah, they can do good, but they cannot do this. They can be right there by their good deeds, but they're not here. And this is all that matters. That's why, that's why on that day, he says, many will say, oh, but we were doing all this for you. And he's like, sorry, away from me. I never knew you. And I'm sure it's not just a blatant sorry, but it, it's, it's one of remorse. And that's, he loves people. And, and he wants them saved. He wants them to know the truth. He came to die for these people. And he wants us to go out and make sure we, we tell as many as possible that we need to be shooting the bullseye. And we need to be receiving him so we can receive the spirit and read his word. We need to be discipled. All of these things. So that brings us to the last, the final thing. This is powerful. This is a powerful instrument. The arrow can be straight. And everything, I can be lined up in everything, but you know what? In and of itself, this will not shoot a bullseye. Not, not like this. I need to pull a string. I need to pull a string. Pulling the string equals what? You see it? Equals the flesh. You know what? When I pull this, Kahuzik is up, <laughs> is uh, an animal because this thing is so hard, uh, way harder than mine. But this picture, pulling 60 times and holding this, holding this, holding this until you shoot 60 bullseyes. Let me tell you, first 10, you might be okay. <laughs> After that, 20, 30, by the 40th time, you're. <laughs> you like that 
it takes strength. It takes focus. It takes willpower to, to do it. But of course, this is a hunting bow. A tournament bow is actually lighter, a lot lighter, a lot smoother. This is a hunting bow, way more power. But uh, even, a, even a tournament bow, by the time you get to 40, pulling it back, holding it, you just want to let it go and, and hope for the best. And that's how we can be a lot of times. By the time we're walking with God, I did this, I did that, and it seemed to keep missing. We, we, we end up going through the motions, oh, yeah, and, and hoping for the best. We don't want to do that. It takes consistency. So that's what the flesh is. That, what is the flesh? In theological sense, the flesh is viewed as the created and natural humanity. It is not automatically sinful, but it is weak, limited, and temporal. Such qualities make it vulnerable to sin. This is taken from the Holman Bible Dictionary. That is the flesh. That's what we call the flesh, the flesh side. I don't want to pull it. Oh, forget it. I, I, I won't, I won't uh, place in a tournament. I don't need to shoot my other 20 arrows. Same with God. Oh, well, he's okay. You know, where I'm at. You know, I, I did all these good things for him. Uh, I'm not feeling up to it today. Is that how we are with God? You know, it, it takes consistency. Because our sinful, our, our flesh is sinful. And if we leave it to ourselves, remember, he gives us the power. And he's, the, the spirit is inside of us. He gives us the power to do it. Again, there, there's days that we're, we're not going to be here. But we want to minimize that. We want to minimize being blown out here. And as we focus that intentionally, getting up in the morning, God, I want to do your will. I guarantee you, when you start focusing on that, it's that much uh, more chances of hitting that. Secondly, we must be disciplined. So 2 Timothy 1, 6-7 says, For God did not, or 1, 7, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. This spirit inside of us is doing everything he can that we would be able to hit this. And it's when I push him aside because I want an easier path that I blow it. But the spirit inside of me is a guarantee that I can hit this. I can. He's living inside of me, and he's going to give me the power. And that's what Paul says in, in 2 Timothy 1, 2.7. Remember, Timothy was a young pastor, and people were coming at him from all sides, in, in Ephesus of all places. That's like a Honolulu, a hub with, with all these different uh, religions and people coming and attacking him. And Paul says, God did not give you a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. And he says, watch your life and doctrine closely. By so doing, you will save both yourself and your hearers. And that's why we all, all not, not just pastors, we all watch yourself, watch your life and your doctrine closely if we want to save those around us. Because they're watching. And if they see this, ooh, yeah, yeah, it's all good. Yeah, no, no worries. And, uh, you know, just doing whatever out there. And then you tell them, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. Come to church with me. They're like, what? Whoa. 
You know, and, and so, so that's bad for, for God. I, I'm not trying not to judge. I'm just saying that's what they see. And that's why the, the, the church of, and Jesus, that's why people don't want that. Because it's easier for them just to live how they want because they see the same thing in here. Not in here, but in, in church. Okay, so, and then the third thing, we must remain in Jesus in order to bear fruit. And that comes back to that verse I said, I am the vine, you are the branches, Jesus said. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And he said, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Friends, this is to his Father's glory that we do his will because that's where he's most glorified. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Are we his disciples? The last one, warning, powerless Christians. This is a scary thought right here. Paul says this to Timothy, 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. This is my last verse. He says, but mark this, Timothy, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money. As, as I read this, think about my own life. Am I falling into one of these categories? People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And, and this is the, the catch. Having a form of godliness but denying its power. And he says, have nothing to do with them. Have nothing to do with them. Paul says in, in another place, watch out. Because uh, uh, bad company corrupts good morals. Watch out. Who are we hanging with? It's not saying that we cannot work along people who are not saved. He's saying, watch who your best friends are. Watch who is influencing you. Don't sway to their way. Be the light. If you're going to be among people like that, I work in, a, in construction, and that is my mission field. And God is doing amazing things there. Guys are coming to me asking me for prayer. They're there, and, and, and they're working, and, and things aren't going well, and, and they, they come to me, and they say, hey, can, can you pray for me? And that's just what we are. Every one of us, not me just because I'm a pastor, but as we live for God, hitting this, asking God, God, show me something today. How can, how can I do your will today? Well, everyone, we work around people who are unsaved, and they're watching us. So, you know, see what God does. But that's, that's what it's, we're called to. We don't, we don't want to be powerless Christians. We got to do the part, do our part. Pull that string, pull that string. Every day, pulling that string, pulling that string, pulling that. And before you know it, as you keep pulling, you build up the muscles in order to shoot consistently. And that's what God wants to show us as we continue in that. So that's 
Also for that, we need, uh, so we need discipline, but we also need accountability. That's where we come together. Not to say, oh, I saw what you were doing, but to say, you know what, brother? Come, let's pray. Let me help you through this, this struggle. That's accountability. That's like a teacher. That's like a coach, a football coach, training, pushing the guys. Come on, you got to do this. You got to do this. You got to do that. And they grow and they excel in what they're training for. The discipline. It's like a, a, an athlete or, or an Olympic athlete. athlete. He doesn't just sit around all day. He's training daily. That's his goal, to win the medal. Even Paul says, people, people go into strict training to win a medal. That will perish, spoil, and fade. Why don't we go into strict training to hit this for God? This is the medal. I want to do this. That's far greater than all the gold in the world. Amen? Amen. So conclusion, to consistently hit the mark in 2019, we need to, one, trust Jesus. Two, submit to the Holy Spirit. Three, know the Word of God. Four, commit to holy living. Five, rely on God's power. And six, seek discipline and accountability. And we will be on our way to hitting the mark and receiving all the more blessings from God. And that's a, just a natural overflow of what God wants to do. There's one last comment. You know how the Psalm 23, he says, my cup overflows. That's what God is doing. It's not about whether our cup is half empty or half full. That, that has nothing to do with it. Our cup overflows. As we live for God, as we hit the bullseye, our cup overflows. That's how blessed we are. Amen? Amen. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time to preach your word, to be up here, Lord, to speak to people, Lord, according to your word. And I pray that this word would not return void, but that you would just bless it, Lord. Bless, bless the, you know, those who heard this word and apply this word, including myself, Lord. Bless us all, Lord, so we can be, do your will and glorify your name among a lost and dying and, and hopeless world, Lord. So may us offer that hope to them. So just be with us now. We thank you for the blessings, the abundant blessings that come to you, Jesus. And we pray all this. In